I am delighted to be joined this morning by Governor Ned Lamont, who was going to make an appearance in Willimantic later on this morning. We'll talk about that in a second this morning. Governor, good morning. The general public wants to know, how's hip number two doing this morning? <laughs> hey, Wayne, good morning. Um, hip number two is doing good. It's been about a week. Um, look, I used to run, you know, um, 30 miles a week. I thought it would keep myself forever young, but my hips had a different point of view. Yeah, that was a week ago. Is that from your linebacker days that wiped out your hips? <laughs> I think it was more uh, a marathon. Now tell me about the plan you originally had before a change of plans to come to Willimantic today, to the Willimantic Police Station, and talk about some improvements to the services here. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do that in a week or two. I'm, um, I use any excuse I can to get out to Willimantic. You know that. Uh, we were supposed to go today. It's um, we have bonded to uh, upgrade the, uh, the security communications uh, throughout the region, and that's what we we're going to be able to announce. Now I'm told that Susan Bicewicz, Lieutenant Governor, is going to be coming to an event over there today. But we'll look forward to your appearance here next week. Now, of course, the big story these days is the pandemic, COVID, Omicron, vaccinations, and so forth. And I would think that with what's going on with these numbers that have just spiraled out of control in January. Getting vaccinated is probably more important now than ever. Uh, getting vaccinated um, keeps you out of the hospital, keeps you out of the ICU, and um, does a really good job of keeping you safe. It does a pretty good job of keeping you from getting infected, but uh, that is um, by no means 100%. I, I think we're bending the curve, Wayne. I'm not sure. I'm looking at New York. I'm looking at our hospital admittance. Uh, so I'm pretty confident that we keep our schools open, we keep our economy going, that um, we've probably got another week or so of this, but time will tell. And tell me your philosophy on keeping the kids in school and keeping the kids safe in school, because there is a group of people that would rather they did remote learning now. Other people want them to be in the schools. What's your take on that? I think there's nothing more important than having your kid in a classroom with uh, his or her peers and a great teacher. And I think we found a year and a half ago, before we had the vaccines, that we were able to uh, keep our schools open safely. And uh, now with all of our teachers vaccinated, almost all of them uh, boosted with N95 masks, with our kids wearing masks a little bit longer, I think um, I know that we can keep our kids safe. There's a lot of people these days that have been able to pick up the testing kits and the N95 masks at various town locations, much of that provided by the state. What is your message for people who do the self-testing and they test positive? If you self-test and you test positive, um, stay home and um, see if there are any symptoms. Uh, if there are no symptoms, a test again in a few days probably was something passing. Uh, if there are symptoms, uh, stay home. Uh, you can test every day if you want, but probably no need to do that. Um, uh, if it's flu or if it's COVID, regardless, if you're symptomatic, stay home. The DPH numbers have been as high as 25% positivity rate. They dropped around 21% yesterday. How reliable do you think that that DPH daily report is now that people are self-testing and those numbers don't show up in the state numbers? No, you're absolutely right. Um, look, I think they're indicative. Uh, I think they showed that we had a big spike in um, 
you know, Omicron infections over the last a couple of weeks. Uh, I think you see maybe some stabilization there right now. Do I think it's 20% or is it more likely 30%? Uh, I'm just not sure because we miss a lot of the tests out there. What it is is a leading indicator. I think the good news is Omicron is a lot milder in terms of its symptoms. It's blowing through our population um, quickly. And uh, that means I think we're building up some herd immunity. That's my hopeful scenario. But I can tell you, I've had two good friends who in the last three weeks have just come off what they each said to me are the worst two weeks of their life. So they're not all mild cases, which is why I think we still have to take this thing pretty seriously. Governor, there's been talk recently about people testing positive in hospitals who were admitted for something else. How significant is that? Has that skewed the stats? Because the people still have COVID. Uh, You're exactly right. Um, Let's say it's 30, 40 percent of the folks are going to the hospital, maybe a hip surgery, who knows what it was. And uh, you have to get tested before you can go in there. And they're also finding, oh, by the way, they also have COVID. So um, these folks are not necessarily at the hospital for COVID. They just also happen to have COVID. But hospital needs to know that. Those that are quarantined, those people. This thing is so big, and we're coming up on our second anniversary of it. Have you heard about what they're doing in Quebec? They're proposing an unvaxxed tax where people become financially liable for their own hospital care if they're in for COVID and they were not vaccinated. What are your thoughts on that? Could that happen here in Connecticut? I don't think here in Connecticut, but I think you will find um, insurance companies saying if you're unvaccinated and you are um, 10 times more likely to end up uh, in an ICU, which could cost uh, an average of uh, $40,000 versus somebody who's unvaccinated, you know, perhaps you'll find insurance companies putting a premium at some point. Why are you ordering nursing homes to accept COVID positive residents back into the homes? Uh, two reasons. Uh, one, um, we have COVID-only wings at our nursing homes or the ability to isolate uh, somebody who may have COVID. Obviously, uh, we've mandated that all of our nurses at the nursing homes not only be vaccinated, but also have a booster. Everybody's wearing masks. So, A, we can do it safely, unlike a year and a half ago. And secondly, um, you know, our emergency rooms and hospital beds are getting um, crowded. And uh, usually after day three, you don't need them there. They go to um, you know nursing home or a third-party facility for the final couple of days when they're least infectious and able to get back. I need those beds in the hospital. I wonder if you saw that incredibly good Hartford Healthcare TV ad that ran a lot until this week where the guy gives his mom a gift, his vaccination card. I thought that was so good. I got weepy a couple of times watching it. It's the best TV ad I've seen in decades. It gave a powerful message. Uh, I didn't see that particular one, but I love it. I love the fact that people are proud they've got that um, vaccination card, proud that uh, what it means for them and their family and everybody around. And as you just pointed out, uh, some of the uh, cases can be quite severe, really severe cases of the flu, so be careful. Said the best gift is peace of mind. Changing gears here, the state's going to be investing in some government relief money and new jobs training program, among other things. When you speak about the job training program and how the public can find out more. Yeah, um, what we've got is a series of programs at our um, community colleges, businesses, where we set up a a 16, 20-week certificate program. The businesses come up with the skills they need. Maybe it's a 
laser, laser welders and pipe fitters in Southeast Connecticut because of EB and Brett and Whitney. And uh, we give you a program. We pay for um, almost all that and to make sure that you have a job coming out. We did this last year as a test, and 95% of the people got a job immediately. And you just had a news conference to discuss the recent announcement that Connecticut's 2020 earned income tax credit will be retroactively enhanced to 41.5% using federal coronavirus relief funds. Tell me about that and what the good news is for taxpayers. It's a tax cut for uh, working families. Um, people earning up to 55000 will get an additional, on average, uh, $1,000 tax cut. I want work to pay. I want people to get back to work, and I want work to pay. So these are essential workers, working families. Uh, they're going to get a little extra uh, take-home pay. You just signed an executive order on the re-employment of retired teachers to help address the current teacher shortage. Tell me about that, and how's that going? Uh, that's right, Wayne. Um, look, we can keep our schools open safely, but it doesn't mean that um, a number of our educators uh, occasionally are exposed or test positive and they have to go home. You see that with a 20% infection rate. So that said, uh, we wanted to have a, um, a bench of uh, retired teachers who are able to step in and uh, help take over our class for a few days until your favorite teacher can come back. You posted on social media, in a place with profound importance to our nation's history and democracy, President Biden advocated for protecting the right to vote in a free, fair, and secure election. The Senate must pass the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. That's how we stand up for our founding promise. Tell me more about your thoughts on that and how important this is. I think... um Faith in democracy is uh, so important. It's the glue that holds our society together. Uh, I think I want more people voting. I want them to have a stake in the outcome and uh, believe that their vote matters. Uh, and I don't want any artificial barriers going up that discourage people from voting. Uh, I think we can do that securely. I know we do it securely here in Connecticut, and I think it's a priority. And I want to wrap things up with your thoughts on a couple of names here. Number one is Harry Reid, and you've actually instructed flags to be lowered to half-staff today in remembrance of the former senator. Just your thoughts on Harry Reid. Did you ever meet him? Did you ever know him? What did you know about him? I did meet him a couple of times. Uh, he was a wily operator from uh, Nevada, managed the Senate very well, real working-class roots, a boxer in his youth. Everybody's got to start, and um, I think uh, that's why around the country people are celebrating somebody that um, was an old-fashioned deal-maker trying to get things done in the Senate. And along those same lines, since you and I last spoke on the radio, we lost State Senator Edith Prague. She's local for us. She did a tremendous job, including for seniors and for Medicare information and so forth. What are your memories of Edith Prague, and what is her legacy? My memory is, A, just a really good person. You need just good people with common sense to get more involved in state government. Uh, B, um her care and heart for seniors. That She became a champion for seniors, and uh, she was well-suited to be able to do that and understood that um, we're judged by how well we take care of our parents and grandparents. Great lady, great memories. Governor, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining me this morning. Thanks, Wayne. Talk to you soon. That's Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont on 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.